reversal. Yeah, welcome to Hidden Agenda on Grand Fork's best source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition, myself and Paul, the producer, all sitting in on today's Hidden Agenda show, which, by the way, was brought to you or is brought to you by Redemption Shield. Have you noticed the ever-alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. Start protecting yourself now. Go to redemptionshield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code GFBS and save 10%. Redemptionshield.com. Yeah, just like they say, uh, go to gfbestsource.com at the bottom of the homepage. Uh, click the shield to order today. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, our number here at the studios of Grand Forks Best Source, 701-213-0863. Feel free to text or call us. Um, also, you can follow us on Rumble, too, all right? Uh, before we get going here, let's do it. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. I don't know if we're really going to call this one a joke, uh, but we're going to call it the biggest scam in life. Here we go. The biggest scam in life is paying taxes on money you make, taxes on money you spend, and taxes on things you own that you already paid taxes on with already taxed money. Are you hearing me? Yeah. All right. Uh, A couple of things I want to go over quick here, and boy, ain't that all the truth. Uh, Let's see. Joe Biden's disapproval rating uh, at 55.4%. Disapproval rating. 55.4% is uh, approval rating at 39.3%. USA Today, Suffolk University did a poll. Uh, USA Today and Suffolk University. Uh, Black and Hispanic voters are abandoning Joe Biden. Uh, The polls show Dems need a backup plan for 2024. I think they've been thinking about that for a while. Uh, And, and, you know, even them trying to take Trump off the ballot in these states, um, I don't know if that's going to do him any good or not, which I can't believe it's even happening, because I I would think that would be about as unconstitutional as as there could be. Um, Minnesota News, I don't know if you heard about this. I was going to read it on our update this morning, but I decided to wait for today's show. All Minnesota's School districts must provide access to menstrual products at no charge this year under a new state law. Uh, the bill sponsored by Democratic Representative Cheryl Yokim, Sandra Feist, and Senator Mary Kunish says the products are required to be available in restrooms regularly used by female and male students in grades 4 through 12. Now, some Republican lawmakers attempted to change the law's wording to just female restrooms, but of course, it's Minnesota, so of course that was rejected Uh, about two dollars per student was added to the education finance bill to pay the free menstrual products law so imagine if you are parents to five boys and and you're paying okay that's ten dollars extra a year for menstrual products that well they're probably not going to use unless they get a bloody nose or something and then they'll be using things the wrong way uh okay how about this one um it's time for me to pick on our our part-time so-called whatever you want to call newspaper I uh, won't name names, part-time. Uh, American Opinion from Wednesday, December 27th edition. The American Opinion, which, by the way, is not the opinion of our so-called part-time newspaper, but it was the opinion of the free press in Mankato, Minnesota. And here is the title. 
State flag design works well for Minnesota. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read parts of it. Uh, new flag based on a design submitted by Andrew Precker. He's a 24-year-old graphic designer from Laverne, but little remains from his offering. The three stripes on the right were replaced by a light blue field, emblematic of the sky blue water evoked by the state name. Star now mimics the eight-pointed star on the floor of the state capitol rotunda. A lot of major changes. Uh, there were more than 2,000 flags. 500 seals were submitted, uh, released to the public view. Now, uh, the law passed earlier this year, though, that created the commission that says the new flag and seal takes effect May 11th. Now, it would take legislation of action to change that. Now, two Republican uh, legislators who were non-voting members of the commission, including Bjorn Olson of Fairmont, uh, want this action. Uh, specifically, they want to have the new flag and seal put up for public vote. I'm a Minnesota resident. That's what I want, too. Uh, says the office believes such a referendum would violate the state constitution. Says we believe the legislator should simply thank the commission for its labors and stay out of the way. Stay out of the way. How about that? Uh, the new flag and over the current models. All right. There are even improvements over the original designs. We salute the commission and its work. My herald to you, part-time, or my question to you, part-time newspaper is, how many Minnesotans did you actually talk to about this? Did you talk to any? Again, my number, 701-213-0863. If you work for the part-time newspaper here, uh, feel free to call me and let me know how many Minnesotans you actually asked before you put this in, uh, which had nothing to do with you. Okay. Uh, And one more thing from that same article. uh, I'm looking at uh, a, a story. Does the new COVID vaccine work against the variant now spreading Who can get it now? All right, I'm just going to, again, just a couple of things. Uh, No big rush to get the new COVID-19 vaccine, according to health experts. Many patients are hesitant to get the shot for a variety of reasons, including the ones we have been telling you about for three years. You know, uh, fatigue fact from the vaccine, fear of side effects, the feeling that COVID is over. How about the feeling of what it's like to die? Uh, that's not in there. But um, uh, but there's a new variant spreading in public health agencies, and many doctors say the new vaccine, which rolled out in November, can help keep people healthy during this holiday stretch of traveling and gathering. Pharmacies and the drug companies, no way. They're aggressively pushing the new vaccine in ads and texts. No way. Now, the FDA approved the new shots for people 12 and older and granted emergency use authorization for kids as young as six months. Agency expects the new vaccines will be updated annually like flu shots. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen recommended the shots for everyone six months or older to better protect against circulating variants in the country following the advice of an independent advisory committee. Now, I don't know if you guys remember Joseph Latipo, uh, the Florida Surgeon General who has clashed with federal health officials about masks, vaccines, and the state's COVID-19 policies. Now, he says the federal government failed to provide sufficient data to support the safety and efficiency of the COVID-19 vaccine. He recommends that people under 65 not get the new vaccine, and those 65 and older speak with their doctor. Now, if you decide to get vaccinated, how many shots you need will depend on your age and the timing of your previous dosages. How many shots you will need? Isn't a vaccine supposed to be the shot? Singular, not plural? And now they throw in all these boosters for you know if they're going to make it a monthly deal. All right, I'm done. How you doing, David? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, there we go. <laughs> well, <laughs> Happy New Year, yeah. That's a uh, lot to, uh, a how, lot to how, soak in. How am I doing? That's, you know what? I, the, the, as you were talking about that whole thing with the vaccine and doctors mm-hmm. promoting it, uh, I, I just saw you, yeah, lying liars keep lying. Yeah. They yeah. just do. They keep lying. And, and sadly, the medical profession, doctors in particular, are uh, they're promoting the lies because they didn't do their homework. They, right, right. They don't have time. I mean, look. 
the way that it's supposed to work, the, the CDC, the AMA, the uh, uh, World Health Organization, um, they're supposed to be doing the good work of making sure that people are safe and healthy and checking out new drugs, new pharmaceuticals to make sure that they are safe and effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not doing that. They're really, these no. are, these guys have become shills for big pharma and that's really how it works. I mean, it's easy to say, but we could do, we could do a whole show. We could do multiple shows on how big pharma gives large gifts of money to all the major medical schools in the country. They give gifts to the, uh, to the uh, the organizations that are supposed to be watchdogging them. I mean, they actually, when you provide funding for someone, it's called capture. We've talked about it before here on the show. Anyway, the point is, uh, these these uh, these so called vaccines have uh, they have never proven efficacy against COVID nineteen. It's mm-hmm. just a just like the flu shot. They've never been proven to be effective against the flu either. Right. It's we're just supposed to hear it and believe it and take it. Right. So if you're if you're stupid and you are willing to let anybody jab anything into your body just because someone said, oh, it's a good idea, and you don't want to do any more research than that, mm-hmm. go for it. Right, yeah, right, take it. Because right. <clears throat> it's, it's like a friend of mine that he's going to be with the Lord now, but he was in, he was in construction for years. He's a carpenter. He's in construction for years. And I was talking about there was some guard, some safety mechanism on a fast spinning blade. And he said, yeah, you know, when I got started, we didn't have all this safety stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, the, you know, all the high work, all the, all the safety ropes and everything. He said, yeah. He said, we didn't have that. I said, oh. He said, yeah, that's how we got rid of the stupid people. <laughs> uh. And, and so, so today... If, if a person wanted to be crass about it, you could say the same thing about the medical association. The med- sure. the, 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 you know, that's how we get rid of the stupid people. Yeah, whatever your doctor... Well, why did you take that? My doctor said I should. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, guess um, what? You can't trust them anymore. I right. mean, there are some, I think, that are trustworthy. Most aren't. Mm-hmm. Most just do what they're told. You know, the AMA does what it's told. CDC does what it's told. <laughs> Um, that big pharma gets incredibly wealthy. My uh, good friend of mine back home, it's, um, I've, I've been hunting on their hunting land for 40-plus years. Uh, we have hunting cabins together, and uh, it's my buddy's father, um, who I've known my entire life. Great guy, um, big influence in my life. Um, he's been in a hospital now. He's 90-something years, in his 90s. He's been in the hospital for a while, and I asked him, because uh, I'd just seen him in November over deer hunting, but not, he wasn't, not, not around much. And I said, uh, what's the deal? And he said, well, he's in the hospital in Fargo, and we're looking for a home for him now. And I'm like, really? He just was out at the hunting cabin, you know, a couple months. He goes, yeah. He goes, um, I said, what's wrong with him? He said, ever since he got the new booster, he's been going downhill. And I'm like, well, why did he get it if he's, not, you know, his peer pressure from his mom, basically, sure, you right. know, from his wife. But um, my buddy is 100% for sure thinks that he's his father is dying now uh, from the the latest booster shot. Sure, and it's been happening. I mean, that that has happened how many hundreds of yeah. times, millions of times? Right. I mean, your own mother, uh, mother in law, mother in law. Yes. You you experienced that mm-hmm. as well. I mean, we've seen it over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over and over again. But some people just simply no, no, that's not true. That's yeah. not and, true. And what people don't realize too is if you think 
that has happened to you uh, with somebody you know, family member, mom, dad, grandpa, whatever, you need to get a hold of the county coroner, the CDC, or whatever, because they do keep track of that. They might not tell you they're keeping track of that, but when you look at my mother-in-law's death certificate, it basically says uh, COVID vaccine related is what it says. That's what they should all say, but they... They want to prevent that. It was kind of funny. My uh, wife took my two-year-old into the doctor because he had an ear infection. And then the nurse said, well, you know, it looks like he hasn't had a lot of the vaccines that are on our list. Good for him. Uh, And um, the nurse was telling my wife that, well, yeah, you know, you really should because your son has a a lot higher risk of getting sick if he doesn't have the vaccines. And like... (laughs) So he's not going to get ear infections if he gets a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, right, and, right. And yeah. I, you know, so those daycares. I mean, kids don't get sick in them at all oh, because oh, right, right. they all have vaccines. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, a lot of logic going on there. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Let you know, use that's a key word: logic. You yeah. might want to take him to a good chiropractor. <laughs> I, I, no, really. I, no, I have he a, does. A, he does go to a chiropractor. Does he? Oh, yeah, good. He, yeah, because they can actually help your body to. <laughs> To yeah, it drains, yeah, it drains, it, it no, drains the just uh, the muscles in the yeah, neck, and I then had, it drains, and then the infection goes away. I had away. no idea when my first uh, when my granddaughter was born. I mean, it was the day she was born. A chiropractor came in and started working on the kid, and I'm like, "What? Let's <laughs> go." <laughs> <laughs> That's a common thing now, and, and they say right off the bat, if you can do that, like you were saying, it might stop the, you know, even having tubes put in your ears or yeah, ear infections and right. things like that, and, yeah. and they say because, well, you know, you imagine being all balled up in a womb for nine months, you're going to need a little stretching and relaxing <laughs> yep. and fixing too, My you son, know? The son says he's going to get the popcorn out. <laughs> <laughs> the popcorn, huh? Because yeah, that's, that's what oh, that's the cracking, yeah. Yeah. yeah, crack and pop, yeah. Uh, Snap, suppose. crackle, and pop. That's yeah. what they do. Wow. Yeah, I bet Kellogg stole it from a chiropractor. <laughs> you know, that's, I should show you a video after the show. Speaking of uh, Snap, crackle, and pop, when we had all that ice, oh boy. I salted my driveway, and it literally sounded like yes, like Rice Krispies. It is yeah. amazing, right? And how about when the ice started falling off the trees? You should live along the woods. Oh like yeah, I do. that oh, was boy. amazing. Yeah. That, it was crazy. I, I thought, I'm going to record that as a sound effect. Yep, so nope. I, I went out, I got my little recorder. Just as I, literally, as I opened the door, my next door neighbor came out with this big metal shovel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I my, my brother-in-law was up that. for one of the holidays, and um, he's from Thief River Falls, and he said, we didn't get any of this. And I was trying to explain to him what it looked like out of my house. I said, if you get those new, uh, like the outdoor fire pits, the gas fire pits, and they have all that fake crushed glass in them. Oh, yeah. I said, right. that's what it looks that's like. That's what it looks like, yeah. Everywhere. It did, and for sure. And so he actually drove out to my house on his way home. Uh, from your mom and dad's, and, and he, he couldn't believe it. It was like, you know, and the worst part is I spent two days getting my driveway down to concrete again, and then that wind and sun come out, and it made it worse oh, than it was. So, no but anyway, kidding. Um, that is frustrating. Reversal. So, yeah, so, so here's the deal. Uh, it's 2024. Mm-hmm. We made it to 2024. Uh, one word of advice for, for the listeners. Uh, if you or anyone you know is considering getting a COVID vaccine, stop and ask yourself, why would I want to cause injury or premature death uh, because that's what it does uh, i've had covid three times i had the latest variant here i am here i am you know especially if you're a healthy person yeah I, I, and know. if you're not healthy then you really don't want to take the right, shot because right. that will make you go downhill even faster so they're promoting it for the people that are the most vulnerable to the and and once you take that shot your immune system 
drops dramatically mm-hmm. for the next two weeks. So you're immune compromised for two weeks. So I better wear a mask that won't work. And it'll yeah. actually make you more likely to get sick. Because that way, if you go into the hospital, they can make money off of you. And that's what, that's what they want to do. Absolutely. Sorry. Sorry for the bad news there. But anyway, 2024, it's a new year. And I thought, you know, John, you've... you've uh, I mean, you don't really... Well, you kind of interview me, but we you started... We started three years ago. Mm. I came in, you interviewed mm-hmm. me about the, what's going on, and you thought I was nuts, and then everything came true. And <laughs> Hey, so, you made uh, me a believer, yes, actually. <laughs> thank you. So, I, so, yeah, because you're willing to look and listen and, and actually analyze the, the facts that are presented to you and, and come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. It's and logical. Re- refusal to drink the Kool-Aid. And not drink the Kool-Aid, yeah. right. So, uh, but I was thinking... You know, you've you've been around the block, and I, I don't know, when was the last time you were interviewed? When did someone interview you? It's been a while. <laughs> In your lifetime, right. So I thought, you know, this might be a good way to start the new year. Let's learn some <clears throat> things about John Roberts that maybe we don't know. Oh, and boy. Paul, you're here, so you probably know some things that I don't know. And so uh, turn up the heat on his seat just a little bit. Uh, you're so John. <laughs> hope you brought notes. Oh boy! Uh, you, uh, I think just from from what little I I know, you've had a very interesting life, and I think it's only fair to let our listeners know a little bit more about you. Uh, okay, so that they can, uh, you know, maybe maybe it'd be encouraging. Maybe they'd say, "Well, I'm glad that didn't happen to me." <laughs> they might. You need and, a beer. Maybe they, <laughs> So 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 let's just start. You so you live in Minnesota now. Did you grow up in Minnesota? Uh, yes, I, mean, I did. So you're from East Grand Forks, or was it someplace farther? Um, I was I was east? born in Crookston. Okay. Um, I lived uh, between Crookston and Gently, Minnesota, ah. uh, until my mother and father were divorced. Um, okay. My mom was from Thief River Falls. So the beginning of fifth grade, we packed up and moved uh, back to her hometown in Thief River. And so I consider Thief River Falls to be my hometown. Uh, okay. I graduated there. I went to college there for uh, radio and television broadcasting. And um, I've lived everywhere from there to Minneapolis, St. Paul, to all over Minnesota, to California and back. Um, I did do eight years, I think, seven or eight years. I lived in North Dakota before we found our house now uh, back in rural Minnesota. And I've been out there now, rural East Grand Forks, for about 17 years. So. Okay, wow. So that's a so, – so tell me, so you – from fifth grade through college, you mm-hmm. were living in Thief River Falls. Yes, yep. And so what was your, what was your childhood like there? I mean, did you, was it a – was it a – I mean, did you have a lot of friends? Did you? Um, I did. did you play sports um, when I was a, a very young child. Um, I was racing motorcycles and snowmobiles before I even knew how to ride a bicycle. Okay. Uh, and then my mom and dad were divorced, and and my dad was a pile of um, I won't say. And after that, I didn't mm-hmm. get anything. I was digging through dumpsters to get parts to build my own bicycles. Um, it was my mom did her best to take care of. Um, I had a, a sister and a brother, um, and yeah, it, so. It, it was tough. Uh, she did the best she could for us, and and yeah, I was, uh, I, had a, I was in a lot of sports, um, and and I tell people that's the only reason I went to school was to play sports. Um, I, I, I mean, I passed and all that stuff. I actually made the honor roll my senior year. Wow. Um, and yeah, and then I got I got lucky. Um, I'd thought about the military for a long time, 
And then I'd, I got this radio bug, and I was lucky enough to get accepted to radio and television school, which was very hard to get into at the time. Uh, so I went, when I got accepted, was summer semester. So I went directly from graduating high school to school for radio and television. I wow. had five days off, okay, and then I went wow. right back to school. Wow. So I want to get to that, but I first want to focus a little bit more on your, your earlier childhood. When you were playing sports, and so first, what, what did you play? Football? Well, I did a little bit of everything. Football, hockey, track were my main that I stayed with as long as I could. Okay. Wrestling? Did you ever wrestle? I did when I was young, yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. When, but, you, when I was young, I, I was in every single sport you could imagine. I mean, I, I even tried playing basketball. I played tennis. I ran cross country. I wrestled. Uh, I did all of that. I wrestled for three years in, in junior high and high school, and, and my, uh, I couldn't hit a hoop mm-hmm. to save my life. My brother gave me a T-shirt that said, "'Tis better to have wrestled and lost than to play basketball." <laughs> So, it's, uh, I think about hockey. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that is good. So, uh, so what was so when you were in high school? I mean, people when you get to your what your 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 sophomore, junior, senior, you, you start thinking about what you want to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as a career or for you know profession in life. And what were you thinking in high school? Do you remember? Did you well, have ideas for yeah, what you were? Um, you know, you ever take thought that, about pro sports or what were you thinking? I knew I wasn't that good. Um, okay. I did get. Scholar, uh, college scholarship offers to run to be a runner uh, i was oh, a half miler really? and and at that point in my life i decided i've ran way too much already and there's no way in heck i'm gonna go to school on a running scholarship uh, there, i just didn't want wow i didn't want to do that uh-huh. um i thought when you took these these aptitude career aptitude tests your junior year my top two were law enforcement and entertainment I thought about a game warden for a while, being a game warden. Um, I really wanted to fly. And so I wanted to go into the military. The only thing you could fly in the military without going to four years of college first was helicopters in the Army. And so I thought about that for a while. A a guy I went to school with actually went and did that. He was a year ahead of me. Um, But then when the radio bug hit, uh, well, there's entertainment. That's number two on the list. And so I decided to go there. And after a couple of years, I I, I would go to a station. I would meet my goals. And I would go to a different station. Um, I had done so well at such an early age. I mean, I had my first radio job after graduating from radio and television school before I was old enough to drink, which was 19 at the time. So I went boom, boom, boom and wow. got it all done. Okay, so let me let me back you up there. At, at what point did you do? So this radio and television school was in Thief River? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and it's still there? Yeah, no. Nobody oh. goes to school for it anymore. Uh, Don't need to. So what did you learn at radio and television school? And why did you decide radio instead of television? Um, for one thing, look at me. Oh. <laughs> um, my, thank goodness I had radio when my modeling career ended. Um, radio is so much different now. Uh, back then, you know, you actually had to pull out the grease pencils and, and, and you had to splice and tape and, and you know, uh, um, Cue up records and yeah, everything. Yeah. And now it's all computer. And you, you, you mean you don't even need a good voice anymore. You just need to know how to read and have somewhat of a sense of humor. Um, and so yeah, I, I did that. And then you know the the armed forces bug hit me again, and, and I got some pretty good offers to go into armed forces radio. Oh. And so I had it. I actually had it narrowed down to Japan or Germany. And then okay. I then I what got, year was that? Probably about eighty seven. So I'd been doing it for a good about four years, and um, I had it narrowed down to one of those two, and then I got in an accident, and then 
the rest is history. I was never so never had a go. chance to go to the military after, after the that. accident. What kind of accident was it? I was in a plane crash. Motorcycle plane crash. Mm-hmm. Ah, shot down or uh, uh, no? You, we were uh, we were. What kind of plane was it? And how? Why were you? A, in, I should have sent flying? some pictures. No, I was riding. Uh, I was a good friend of mine uh, that I grew up with. We used to go up once in a while. He, he was a crop duster. Uh, we decided, uh, funny story, uh, my roommate and I, I'd moved back from California, and I was living with my best friend, who we were talking about earlier, talking about his dad, um, and, and we were, all we were doing was, was riding and racing snowmobiles, and, and we were laid off for the winter, and, and so we drank a lot. Uh, it was to the point where we were drinking together a half gallon of whiskey a day between the wow. two of us. So wow. January 1st, we decided to see if we could stop drinking for two weeks. And we did. We made it two weeks without a drink. We'd go to the bar every night and watch people and probably watch to see how dumb we were. <laughs> we went 14 days without a drink, so we went to celebrate on that 14th day and ran into a pilot friend of mine, and we decided to go flying the next morning, and we crashed, so I blamed the crash on alcohol, even though alcohol had nothing to do with it. I see. <laughs> <How's that? laughs> so tell me about the crash. Where were you flying uh, from, and where were you flying to? Uh, just messing around, flying around. Um, there see. was four of us you in the plane. Even, yeah, you were just up for it. was a joyride. Yep, yep. yep. Um, we had to stay a minimum of 500 feet because there was four of us in the plane. We figured we were up at about twelve to 1,500 feet when um, all of a sudden the tail dropped and we just started going straight down. So no there was kidding. no stall horn, no nothing. Oh. There's been a lot of uh, shady things uh, about the books on the plane. Um, a lot of funny things happened after that. Uh, it was Probably safe to say the plane probably shouldn't have been up. So when you say the books, you're talking about the maintenance records? Yes, yes. Yeah, you have to have those records. You F- know, they, F- they have to be done, and, and they were... FAA sounded, requirement. It sounded like some of them were altered a little bit. Oh. And then the guy who was uh, the mechanic uh, in the books had never bought a plane to scrap before in his life, and he bought that thing up so quick and cut it into a million pieces and make your head spin, and then he died. So, wow. yeah, it was a weird deal. So did anybody have a grudge against you? I mean, is there any reason somebody would have tampered with the uh, books or the no, engine or the... I, I don't think so, no. No um, no, no competing radio personalities that uh, uh, no, wanted to no. take you off the... In fact, I wasn't even in radio at that time. I had taken a year off. But, um, you know, we were out there in the middle of nowhere and... Um, nice, beautiful summer day. 30 below zero. Wow, um, in the summer? I, yeah, I had just no, January just 15th. I had sweatpants, oh, a tennis shoes, and a Letterman jacket on. So you were well-dressed for the occasion. Yeah, yeah. They found me. Nah. I, had, I had made it about a half mile uh, so, when so, they found so, me. So, so, so let's just – so you, you clearly weren't planning on getting into a plane crash that no, day. No, no, I Sweatpants, a Letterman's jacket, those And brand-new shoes. And brand-new shoes. That they tried to cut off my feet because they were frozen out of my feet so bad. And were you? What were you wearing under your Letterman's jacket? Like a sweatshirt, wool. Oh, okay, it's the hoodie. This hoodie. Yeah, no gloves. Right. Thirty below zero. No mm-hmm. gloves. Mm-hmm. No gloves. No boots. Yeah. No warm wool. But socks. it helped because we were all bleeding a lot. So they say the cold weather probably helped us out quite a bit. I see. Yeah, uh, probably did. So how did it crash? So you started going down. Mm. From what was the altitude before you started? Between probably twelve and fifteen hundred feet. We should have went. We should have nosed straight in. Um, He pulled up a little bit right before we hit. Um, They figure we were going well over a hundred miles an hour, and we hit, and we stopped in less than a hundred feet. I have fallen off a snowmobile before, and I rolled for a hundred yards. So this was, and then. 
I was the first one to wake up. I thought I, I saw some really bad stuff, and um, I thought everybody was pretty much. I thought they were all gone, and uh, then they started coming to. And um, it's funny because my my friend in the front seat, his legs were crushed in the cockpit, but he was laying outside the door under the wing, uh, in a wing on a on a Cessna. A wing on almost any airplane is a, is a fuel tank, so he was laying out there under this wing for hours in 30 below weather getting dripped on by aviation fuel. So it burned him pretty good. But when they finally realized we were out there, they had to go and roust the local farmers to make a road out because we were in the middle of a a stubble field and the snow was four or five feet deep. So they had to get farmers up and make a road out to the airplane in order to even rescue. Evacuate you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So So how could they use a helicopter? You know, I never thought of that. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I yeah, I didn't. Helicopter. <laughs> Although, I suppose you wouldn't want to go right back up in the air. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but the yeah, but but that, no, that's a really good question. I would think a helicopter would have been a lot, a whole lot faster. No, let's let's make a let's cut a path there in the snow, and make a road. Okay, we cut the path. Should we pave that before we go, or what if it's too icy? I, I, in the meantime, you and your friends are, are laying there. Yeah, that's thirty blows. Oh, there it is. That's one of them. Wow! So you've got. A, I wish we could put that on screen. Here, I can try to so, hold it up to the camera. Yeah, that would was be. He, uh, would, uh, but really quickly, wouldn't. So was your friend that was the pilot of it? Wouldn't was he the one that was in charge of the books? No, no, okay. no. It was a club plane. Oh, so it wasn't uh, his plane? Just, no, no. It was a club plane. You just pay your dues. And it's basically um, you are responsible for fuel and all of that stuff. But um, mm-hmm. okay, let's see. Here. There we go. Spot. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Look yeah. At and that. if you want to scroll there from uh, right to left, you might wow. be able to get some. Yeah, go the other way. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I woke up with, uh, you'll see here when he gets to the last one, I woke up with a wheel in my lap. The, the, the wheel from the landing gear? Yeah, yeah, it'd come through the end of the door, and I was on my lap, and yeah. So who took, who took these pictures? Uh, the, it would have been the Polk County Sheriff's Department, I believe. I see. Uh, I, That's I, one messed up. Plane. Yeah, there's where I was. You can see the little part of the oh. left back seat, and then you see the dent in the right front seat. That was from my leg, and the pilot's seat is the one upside down. That's I put him through the front windshield with my ribcage. Oh wow, and that looks like blood in the it background. Was. Yeah, that- there's some there's some chunks, and there's some blood, and oh there's some. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, I've always so considered goodness. myself the luckiest unlucky man in the world. So there we go. Well, somebody, I would say that God was watching out for you. Absolutely, there, John. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you don't survive that. So yeah. who, how many people were in the plane? Four of us. And uh, any fatalities? Uh, no. Uh, you all survived. Yeah, the pilot has, uh, I think both his legs are fused, both broke his arms, had to have his face reconstructed, blind in one eye. Oh, wow. Uh, the guy and the other guy in the front, uh, both broken legs, broken arm. He had 16 breaks all together, all compounds. Oh, uh, all compound fractures? Yeah, I was, well, in every limb. I was wow. the only one that didn't take at least 160 stitches and staples to the face. Oh my and then uh, my girlfriend at the time was in the backseat, who was the one that was the only one able to walk and found a farmstead. Uh, she had taken probably close to 200 stitches to the head and face, uh, broke her sternum, 
And I think she might have broke a vertebrae in her neck, too. But she was the only one that didn't have leg injuries. So she's the one that finally made it to help. Wow. So, yeah. And so she went to a farmhouse. Yes. And it was uh, three bachelor brothers. The youngest one at that time, I think, was 77. Um, this was 1988. They had just got a phone in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, praise God for that. So, yeah. So that was a chapter. And then I spent... Um, <clears throat> A lot of time in the hospital, a lot of surgeries. Um, I had laid in bed basically for about seven months. Uh, and then I went to physical therapy six days a week for another seven months. And um, best people in the world. I almost thought about being going to school for physical therapy after that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I basically had to learn how to walk again and everything. So, um, yeah, they wow. told me, you know, at first you're, you're going to probably lose your leg. And then it's, well, you're always going to have a limp. And then it's, well, you'll be lucky if you ever run a straight line again. And, well, I, my vow was by the next year to race a snowmobile race again. Everybody thought I was nuts. I showed up with a cane, and I raced a 100-mile snowmobile race the next year. <laughs> and uh, I, that was it. Then I, then I gave it up after that. Wow. So, yeah. That's, uh, that is amazing. Mm. I mean, that, that's truly a remarkable story. You, uh, I wonder, not being judgmental, but I wonder if, if that same accident were to happen today with people who were the same age as mm -hmm. you were back then. Because I just don't think that people today are as tough as they were yeah. back in the 80s. Uh, I, 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 yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it takes the will to live, I think, is uh, has got to, I mean, and, and to endure pain. Yeah. Because obviously there was a lot of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. My leg was hanging on backwards, just flopping around. Just <laughs> My foot, if I was standing up, so, my foot was facing directly oh, that way. Uh, so... Sounds like the beginning of a zombie movie. Yeah. Well, so, I've had, I've had, I only broke six bones in that crash. I almost lost wow. my leg. I didn't have a bone in it. Seven bones. I broke all my ribs on one side, punctured a lung, uh, vertebrae in the neck, and uh, one toe. But I've had 47 broken bones that I know were confirmed. I know I've broke a few more, but I just took care of them on my own. But yeah, it's, but when we were told to come up with a rapper name years ago, I came up with Bust a Bone. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, today, how old were you when that crash happened? Um, let's see, what was it? Uh, 23. 23. Yeah. You survived that at 23. And today, 23-year-olds have a complete meltdown if somebody says something that offends them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. How are they going to survive 16 broken, 16 broken bones? Uh, seven, actually, seven in the crash. Bones, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, my buddy had so, 16. Right. I knew there was 16 in there somewhere. Yeah, so so, uh, so you're, all, you're all, do you ever, do you stay in contact with any of those guys? Do you see them at all? Or do uh, you know what The one doing? guy still, he's still my best friend, yeah. And I run into the pilot once in a while, the other one I don't ever see. Okay, and, and your girlfriend is? Yeah, she's the one I don't ever see, so. Oh, I see. Yep. Right. I think she went and got a pilot's license, actually. <laughs> she did. Um, I didn't realize it was getting this late. Yeah, sorry, it's we late. should uh, probably do one of Make these. Some money, yeah. Hey, you know, there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods, and I'm sure you got a lot of that this uh, past week. But I tell you what, go to O for Heaven's Cakes. You can brag all you want about your mom or your grandma's baking, but go down there. I think you'll agree with me. Best cupcakes or cakes for any special occasion or just a treat. You can walk in to find out more, but I'm warning you, you are not going to want to leave. They're on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 a.m. to noon. Give them a call, 701-757-CAKE, or go to oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. 
be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins at Over Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Reversal today on Hidden Agenda. Uh, Where the interviewer gets interviewed. Yeah, David Waterman and Paul, the producer, interviewing the interviewer. Is that yeah? Yeah, That's that's it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So you were 23 and you... So so where... had you already you'd started your radio career by then? Yep, you were already yep. in radio. Yeah, I've been in there for quite a while. And were you working at the time that the crash took place? I was not. I had uh, moved back from California, um, and I wanted a job just quick. Like uh, there was no other, there was no radio jobs open at the time. Right. Uh, so I started working for the city of Thief River Falls, and then I went to work for Articat. Well, then in the winters you get laid off. So I was laid off at Articat when the accident happened. And then after that, then I ended up getting back into radio again once I went back to work. Why do they lay you off in, in the winters at Articat? Uh, because there's no production. It's almost like construction uh, around here. You get laid off in the winter. Oh. Articat did all their production in the summer. And then they um, sell it in the winter. Yeah, yeah, they sell it year-round. Some people still obviously worked, you know, testing and, oh. and research and development. But um, if, if you were out in production uh, or you, you were off, they, they'd lay you off for a couple of months. So I see. I see. So you're in between jobs, but you clearly had good insurance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, thank was, goodness. <laughs> boy, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, so um, so a lot of surgeries, a lot of recovery time. Mm. And then as you recovered, you, yeah, so then you, you do a snowmobile race, 100-mile snowmobile yep. race. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, any other, any other uh, accidents, any other uh, misfortune? Oh, I mean, I've broke ribs sneezing. I mean, I've, <laughs> it's just weird. If, if it was meant to be broke, I'll break it. And pe- you know, I mean, I was tested for bitter bone or brittle bone disease and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, you know what? You slam yourself into the ground at 120 miles an hour, you're probably going to break something. You know, you play hockey, football, if you race motorcycles, snowmobiles, cars, you're probably going to break something. You're probably going to get injured. It's just I was the guy that when doctors would say, yeah, you wait till you turn 50, I'd laugh at him. I mean, I remember walking into the ER one time with a hockey stick in my hand, and he's like, what's up with the hockey stick? I said, well, I want to make sure when you put the cast on my arm that I can still hold my hockey stick because I'm a hockey player. He says, well, what makes you think you're going you're gonna to have a cast on your arm? And I said, because I know it's broke. Well, well, we okay, Einstein. I broke my left arm five times in my career. So wow. long story so short, knew. I walked out of there with a cast on my arm, making sure I could hold a hockey stick. <laughs> so what, you were going to play hockey with a cast on your arm? Heck, I got kicked out of a high school football game for using a cast as a weapon. Of course I was going to. <laughs> So, so maybe there's just a, have you ever had your nerve center checked to see if you actually can feel pain? I mean, is that, uh, is that a thing? <laughs> you just can't feel pain. Believe me, I or feel not, pain. I, I see. And, and going back to what my doctor said back then, um, I'll be 59 next month. Every step I take hurts. Every oh. single step I wow. take hurts. I was told I need new knees, probably need a new hip, and I know I got a bad shoulder. And I've had, you know, the two lower back surgeries, a neck surgery, you know, five knee surgeries. So, yeah, they it, it's just things wear out. So here's something I heard uh, just recently. I read this, and this is kind of disturbing. It's actually very disturbing uh, that there's a major, once you hit 65, I mean, I know that that's ways away, but mm-hmm. they say that once you hit 65, um, the anesthesia that's used during surgery uh, has a very high chance of doing cognitive, uh, creating cognitive impairment. Oh, that's 
for the rest of your life. Like, in other words, you, you know, like you just can't think as mm-hmm. clearly because mm-hmm. there's something in that anesthesia that messes with your brain once you're that age and it just, you don't get over it. Okay. Anymore. That's scary to yeah, me. Yeah, I better get my knees done before then, huh? For sure, yeah, because <laughs> because people, and here's the thing. Um, yeah, you go through a period of life where, yeah, probably in your 20s, where likely engaging in risky behaviors mm-hmm. makes you more likely to, to require surgery. But then the, the, the next group of people after that would be people in their 50s, 60s, yeah. and 70s yep. needing surgery, so... Uh, it'd be great if some smart listener out there would come up with a new type of anesthesia that doesn't pose that risk for elderly patients. Yeah, it's funny. I, I actually told my dad, I said, next time I go up in a small airplane, I'm going to bring a gun with me. Because he's like, why? And I said, because if I know we're going to crash, I'm just going to shoot myself. He goes, well, why would you do that? Wouldn't you want to wake see if you uh, wake up? And I said, yeah, my luck, I'd wake up with a gun in my hand and I'd be paralyzed from the chin down. I wouldn't be able to do anything about it, you know, but... Um, it's not something to joke about. I know somebody right now that's fighting for their life in the hospital, uh, paralyzed, um, oh. not looking good. And um, uh, we're praying for the guy and, and keeping our hopes up for him. And, and his family's got five kids and a, and a beautiful wife. Oh, so, um, wow. yeah, I mean, I can joke about it because I got lucky. But you know. Well, I don't, I don't, no, I think that God protected you. That's what I think. You know? I mean, I really do. I, I, you know, the Bible says that a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without his knowledge. Yeah. So if a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground, I guarantee you a plane full of four people doesn't fall to the ground without <laughs> okay. his knowledge, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I've got a friend in, uh, I don't know what she's doing now, uh, Heather. She was uh, pursuing a music career in Nashville for a few years, and she, something happened. I don't know if she fell asleep. Or she went. She was driving one of these boats, big, I don't remember what, probably Oldsmobile or mm. Lincoln or something, and uh, she went off the road. And and that thing turned end over end oh boy. multiple times, and a, a truck trucker saw her and pulled off the road, and he ran down the slope. He was really afraid of what he was going to see, and he said she climbed out and walked away. He couldn't believe it. He said there were angels mm-hmm. in that car with you because nobody walks away from an accident like that. Now on the other foot, um, my kid brother, he was it was about nineteen ninety. I think he was nineteen. Um, endowed his pickup. Uh, and he got thrown out. Oh, uh, uh-huh. Didn't have a single broken bone in his body. Nothing. But he got knocked out, face down in the bottom of the ditch. There's four inches of water in the bottom of the ditch, and he oh, drowned no, without kidding. a single broken bone. So that's how, wow. you know. It, yeah. It, and look at me. I get that's... thrown out of the air, and I live, and he dies. So. It's hard to understand those things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not hard for God to understand, but hard for us to understand. Sure. So okay, so you you survived the plane crash, and then you went back into radio mm-hmm. after about what seven months? How long was it after you got out of the hospital before you? Oh, it was probably radio about a year. A year? Probably about a year. Yeah, because okay. I was physical therapy and all of that for. It was, it was fourteen months before, from the time it was said and done, till I was done with with the rehab and the physical therapy and all wow. that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I just went right back into it again. And so. were they? You were still were you spinning discs and yep. rolling tape yep. and uh, a lot of sports play by play and and yeah, I was a morning show man, you know, okay. doing all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I loved AM small town radio. Uh, I, I just absolutely loved it. Uh, but back then, people relied on radio. Yes, you needed it. I mean, I remember many days driving a snowmobile to the studio because all the streets were closed and everything was closed down, but. 
there was no internet. You know, there was no social media. Yeah. People tuned they, into the radio for news for everything. Right? Yeah, news, and, weather, and sports. Yeah, yeah, for it right. all. And you uh, could do it in your car. You could. It doesn't matter where mm-hmm, you are. Right? Mm-hmm. The radio is yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Unlike television. Uh, now the internet is everywhere, which I think is a bad thing. Um, but you, uh, so you did sports, so you called sports. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was a sports director at a few stations, and I still, to this day, do high school hockey play-by-play for us for a local radio station. And when you do that, you use the names of the players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you? So this is something that's always baffled me. How do you know? Because all they're doing is they're wearing jerseys with numbers on mm-hmm. them. How do you know that 17 is is Johnny Brockman? I mean, um, how, how do you do that? I just sound like I know what I'm talking about. And people on the radio can't see it, so they believe me. Uh, no, it, it, it's you funny. You crediting a touchdown to the wrong guy, yeah. and nobody would know except um, the parents. First thing I do is I go to a coach, and I go through all of the pronunciations of the names. Uh, nothing worse than butchering a kid's name on the radio. Right. Um, you also learn very fast within the first few minutes um, who the studs are, by the so-called key players are and you learn you're going to start to focus on them um radio all i try to do is just tell the story what's going on Uh, i did a lot of tv play-by-play back in the day too which is simple because you can see what's going on i don't have to explain everything to you um but i like it It, it, it's it's a good time um you know i I announce at racetracks too it's it's my way of staying active in the sport without being in the sport Mm. itself but uh, i have a blast doing it so you know, I heard a story of a guy, I think he was playing, uh, it was either football or hockey, I don't remember. His name is Brian Bird. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, produced, a, uh, it was a tournament or something, they produced a program. <clears throat> so the people that came in to watch got this program with the names of all the players in both teams. And they did, they, they did the names like they typically do, where they reverse them and they put the last name first, first oh, name last. Yeah. He. First thing he did was he grabbed a program and he looked at it, he opens it up to his and he goes down the, and he says, I knew it. I knew they were going to do that. And sure enough, guess what they did? His name is Brian Bird. <laughs> and they spelled it Bird Brain. Bird Brain. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I've that's seen right. that many times. Many times. <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny because I'll, I'll go to a coach and I'll say, okay, uh, how do you pronounce this name? And he'll say it to me. So I'll start spelling. No, it's not spelled. <laughs> be quiet it's called call a basketball game once at uh, like steven or argyle uh, a lot of those names are like 30 letters long you know so um yeah all i want to know is how to pronounce it i did the world junior tournament and i did a whole bunch of the uh, european games in thief river falls and you meet with their media people and you try to exp- you know learn how to say their names pronounce your names right but i can remember many times being up in the booth saying their name who scored or whatever and you could see the guys on the bench kind of chuckling and elbowing him like did you hear him butcher your name that time you know but last um, name doesn't even have a vowel nope no it doesn't yeah. <laughs> oh you're talking about the these are the polish players well, whatever right, right. kazakhstan poland czechoslovakia right. i mean russia they were yeah, yeah. steven argyle same thing polish yeah 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 that's funny so um of all the accidents that you've had i'm i'm guessing that the plane crash would have been the most painful yeah yeah what about the, what was the most exciting thing that happened in your life? I mean, what was the thing that you got to do that was more thrilling than anything else? Oh, I've because of radio, I've done a lot. I mean, I've got to meet huge celebrities. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about the celebrity interactions. What? Who did you? Who were some of the celebrities? So I'd like to hear the one that was the nicest celebrity and the one that was the the biggest jerk. Hank Williams Jr. was pretty nice. Uh, the country guys. 
were pretty nice. Uh, the singer for a band called Three nice. Doors Down, Brad Arnold, very okay. nice guy. Uh, rock band called Three Doors Down, or I mean Nickelback. Okay. Uh, not a big fan of him. He, he wasn't very nice. Um, yeah, I've met some wrestlers back in the day. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura told me to F off when I was a kid. That was, wow. I don't know if you want to call that a highlight, but I've got to wow. ride in Blackhawk helicopters. I've been in Hueys. I've been, I've got to do all kinds of really, really fun things because of radio. How did you, oh, okay, so because so, of radio. How, yeah. So what was it that brought you to a Blackhawk helicopter? Um, it was, they were doing something at uh, Camp Grafton in Devil's Lake. It was a media thing. And um, so myself and another guy from uh, the, one of the local radio stations, we, they brought two Blackhawks. From Fargo, they picked us up at the Grand Forks Airport. They flew us to Camp Grafton and Devil's Lake. We got to hang around with those guys and go rappelling and do all kinds of fun stuff. Wow. And then they put us in a Blackhawk and flew us back right along Highway 2. Got to see all the traffic. Um, dropped me off and went right to the Chester Fritz and introduced the Beatles cover band. So, yeah, <laughs> wow. it was a busy day. And, okay. and my wife is lucky enough to go with me. To, to a lot of these things. Uh, to this day still, um, there's events that I MC and things that I do, and, and they know she's part of my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she comes with all the time, and, and that's pretty nice too. So That's great. Yeah. So you've, intervie- have you, you've interviewed some of the... Oh, some yeah. Of the, uh, Hundreds the of them. Musicians? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite interview? I don't know. Probably um, interviewed a, a drummer... And I don't remember what band it was. I think it was Creed in a bathroom at the Fargo Dome. And it was probably not, I don't know if they'd call it my favorite interview, but the most unique interview I've done yeah. was did in a bathroom. You have a little tape recorder and record the interview? That's what we did, yeah, on that one. And well, a lot yeah, of them were live. Were a piss or what? what was no, it? it was the only quiet place we could get to <laughs> in the Fargo Dome. Wow. And um, I don't know if you remember the Osborne show. The Osbournes, I was on the very first season of that when it was so huge what, on MTV. Like Ozzy Osbourne? Ozzy and his family. Yeah, where they follow him around, and they made a reality show out of it. And I, thought, I, I figured he would have been the best interview. No, because it, you'd ask him a question. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is not. You'd ask him a question. And I'd look. He had a handler standing behind him on each side, and I'd look at them, and they'd either go, or they'd go. And so that's how I knew. Oh, sure. I know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Yeah, I hear you, man. No way. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Except oh, for well, rock so, and roll. So they were cueing you to either agree with him or to say, no. Well, they were, they were, they were helping you. Kind to, of. They, they, were, were, they, they were interpreting his guttural. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. I mean, they were on my side. I'm, I think they were very used to doing this. I'm sure. And, and I think as far as the interview, the show, and all of that stuff, all that goes, it was just better off. That I just followed their lead, and, sure. and it worked out pretty good. So, right. so did he have much of a brain left? I mean, was he able to? Could he, you know, could, I, it's almost like people with like with MS or something. It, it's there. They're sharp. They know what's going on. They just can't get it out to you. You know so, what I mean? So, why was that with him? What was his problem? I don't know. I don't know if who knows with him. It, it could have been a little bit of everything with him. I mean, but uh, I was. I don't know. He was all right, I guess. Oh, so, uh, so who? Who? Okay. So you've interviewed a lot of people. Do you have, still have those tapes? No, no. I I never have ever. The only thing I have is a picture of Ozzy Osbourne and me. Otherwise, I've never once asked for an autograph, and I have never once asked for a picture. 
uh, if there are pictures, they were taken by somebody else uh, and, and maybe saved. But um, I don't have any of that stuff. And I wish now I did. Yeah. Uh, because even now with like the racing and, and things I do and the people I've got to meet, um, it'd be pretty cool. Uh, but then again, I'd have a wall like this. Right. Uh, so I just I just try to re- the only thing that a picture would help me with is maybe remembering it a little bit because I know there's people I've met that I forgot about but oh well yeah, you know right, after right. 40 some years he, that happens so uh, were they these guys were they um, okay I'll just tell a little story I read about uh, I've mentioned we've talked about Hall and Oates before mm-hmm. and uh, Daryl Hall was the singer yeah yep and John Oates the guitar player yep. and um and one of the things, because they really apparently don't get along off stage. Yep. And uh, Daryl Hall was kind of complaining, saying that it was hard for him even doing concerts, even back in the early days, because they said that Oates, his whole focus through the entire concert was he wanted to get through it mm-hmm. so he could go backstage and get high. And that was his big thing, getting high and sleeping with fans. Um, and that would be so. Did you find that to be fairly common among some of the people that you that you met? I mean, was that you or, read about it? Um, I I don't know. I I know for a fact where guys working for a band will will pick out women, oh. you know, and go grab them and say, "Hey, you should go backstage later on the night." I never saw that. I will say, I did get kicked out of, of uh, a motel one time. Uh, with some really heavy bands. I mean, heavy metal bands. I was the quietest guy with the shortest hair, and I got kicked out. And, and I still haven't figured out why. But, um, no, I, I, I never saw any of that stuff. And a lot of these guys, especially if there's media around, um, you know, there are bands in back of the day that, that would say, well, it doesn't matter. Any media is good media. Uh, but most of them are like, no, you know, I, I, this doesn't need to get out. And so a lot of these guys were, I think, on their better behavior when we were around. You know, because there was oh, only see. so much time when we were around in their green room or whatever. Right. Then after that, once the media is gone, that's when the stuff would happen. Oh. I see. I see. So you did. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, so, so let's let's. Tr- I want to move on a little bit to um, what life was like then. I mean, in radio, like you said, everybody relied on radio mm-hmm. to hear to know what's going to happen. Right, what's going on? Whether it's a weather event or, a, I mean, if it was terrorist attacks, uh, that people are, flooded ninety seven. Everyone mm-hmm. was glued to their radio. It was twenty four seven, so that people know what's what's going on, how we're going to fight this flood. Today, it's not like that anymore. I no. mean, in fact, I, I spent a few years in radio myself. And, and back then, there was a celebrity status afforded people who were in local radio, mm-hmm. right? You experienced that. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, um, my first, uh, when I went to college, um, I had long hair. I was playing bass and singing a little bit in a band. I mean, I wore earrings and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I didn't know a thing about country music. Um, I started to panic when I graduated because I thought I should have a job the day I graduate. I, I mean, I got offered, I got job offers six months into school. And, but I figured if I'm, if I'm already this good, or if they think I'm this good, I might as well get my degree and then go to work. What the heck? Um, so I ended up, long story short, I took a, a job in country radio. Um, I'd never heard, I, I'd heard, Reba McIntyre was just getting huge. Well, I introduced her as Reba McIntyre. 
Um, I also, my very first full-time job, uh, which I started working nights. Um, after one month, I was promoted to days. But I worked in three months. I had two Sundays off in three months, and I was making $700 a month. Uh, it was so bad, I was opening. I can remember going to my cupboard and opening a can of kidney beans. Mm. And throwing them in a pan and heating them up to eat because I had no money and no food. And so, yeah, you, you might be a local celebrity, but you're eating Fritos, too, you know. Um, it didn't pay well. No, it did not pay well for the work that you did and the work we had to yeah. do. But um, it, that all changed. Um, you know, it, it got bigger and it got better, but radio is not a very good paying job. Uh, nowadays, all they care about is sales. Uh, it doesn't matter what the product is. It's just like a lot of them don't even have a product to sell anymore. But um, so it's a lot different. Um, I don't think you're going to find, well, there's just not anybody doing the job anymore. I mean, for example, well, I'm, I better leave them out. But um, there's most, most of the jocks are done. Uh, everything's, everything is, is canned now. Everything is, is syndicated. Uh, you might have one person doing 300 radio stations. You know, so there's right. there is not a lot of local in radio anymore at all. Right. You might get it on the morning shows, and then you might get it on your sports at night. But um, otherwise, the the most of the announcers and stuff they're not local. And why do you think that is? What 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 changed? I I don't know. Um, I I just don't know. I I nobody can afford to buy. I mean, it'd be great to buy out somebody here in town that's got five stations in their building, but you're talking about millions of dollars. Um, so nobody does it. Everybody says, yeah, it'd be great, and we can bring it back to local again, but nobody can afford to do it. And the few people left are the ones hanging on that have been there forever, and they're just buying their time. You know, I, I mean, like for me, I, 21 years I worked at, at one place, and um, I had two number one shows in, in Grand Forks. Two of them were number one. And I lost my job after 21 years from somebody that never even met me. They, they, yeah. they, they, they canned me from San Antonio, Texas. Wow. So, yeah, radio's changed a lot. Uh, it used to be fun going to work. Then it wasn't. So. Yeah. And society's changed a lot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, big, big changes in society and in media, right? The Internet has taken mm. over just about everything. Sure. I remember when the Internet was like dial-up and... You'd go to a website and wait five minutes for the for oh, the yeah. homepage to yeah. load, put, right? Put your phone on the thing there, and yeah, you know. right, and yeah. That, and then so when radio got done, um, I kind of went into hiding for a while. And Paul, the producer, is actually uh, my nephew, and um, he called me up one day and said, "Hey, let's do this," because I had headhunted him to come and sell radio ads. <laughs> and, ah. uh, yeah, I think he still hates me for that. But um, <laughs> and so he came up with this idea, and I had heard about it. I'm, uh, I'll be the first to tell you, and I won't be the second one because I know he'll agree. I'm, I'm really computer illiterate. I'm, I, I know enough now to do what I need to do, but I'm really bad at it. And, and I just knew it was the next thing. Um, so here we are. Yeah. And uh, but the the guys that run the computers don't even know what they're doing. No. I mean, I, I hear more. I hear more mess ups, more mistakes, uh, more uh, broadcasts where suddenly there are two different things oh, going yeah. over the oh, air yeah. at the same happens time. Happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Than I ever heard when when it was guys like me yep. and you actually turning knobs yep. and pulling switches. Now they just get a board op. The, you know, for like yeah. doing games and, and just switching, you know, yeah. okay, we're going to go from Bongino to the local weather and then we'll switch it right, right back, right. you know, so they're board op. 
they get paid minimum wage. They can still do their yeah. college studies yeah. or their high school studies or whatever while they're working. Uh, there is no, uh, there's, they're, they're still out there, but you're not going to find any too many new radio personalities right. anymore. Yeah, right. You know, and it doesn't take, you're a DJ. No, I'm an on-air personality. There's a difference. There is a difference. So. And it doesn't take the skills that it used to take right. to run those machines and no. make them. No. Make them go so the chat out show yep. with no with no dead air. Mm-hmm. Right, there was no. <clears throat> yep. So back in the day, I actually had an idea for a. <laughs> I think you would have appreciated this, John. <clears throat> I was going to do a movie. In fact, I started shooting this movie. It was called Dead Air, mm. and it was about a small town where there are these local radio DJs, you know, radio personalities, and being in the business, you understand what the. Uh, <clears throat> egos that get involved even though the pay is not great but sometimes the egos are are really great mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> and so so what happened was uh there's this uh some guy kills a like one of the top radio guys mm-hmm. in this little town then another dj gets killed who's also a big guy you know these are the highest paid guys mm-hmm. they've got the morning mm-hmm. drive slots and they're and then another, then it happens again at another station, <clears throat> and it becomes obvious that there's a serial killer out there, and he's going after the top talent in radio mm. in this town. And so then, what do you think happens? Every DJ, it doesn't matter if they work, you know, overnights on the weekends. They're all panicking because yeah. they're convinced that they're next. Why? Because all DJs think that they're the yeah, best, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I have this little dark humor in there. Anyway, I never made that film, but it was. Uh, I, I you I know that would be I, funny. I almost got beat up a couple of times um, for on the air or off the air, off the air, because oh. I happen to read somebody's name on the air, which I got from the police department in my news. You know, um, I know we've had. De- I've I've never had, but uh, guys I've worked with have had death threats. Um, not everybody takes everything the same way with a grain of salt, you know? And, and sometimes guys aren't smart enough to say something that they thought was cleverly funny. You know, there should have been that it's too early type thing before some people open their mouths. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, you're answering the phone and they're saying, hey, I'm looking at you through the scope off my 30-odd six rifle right now, you know? Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. That's, and, you know, and then I, I knew a guy, I worked with a guy actually who worked at one of the local stations and he was doing a, a night shift. It wasn't overnight. It was just like, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock at night. And it's Grand Forks. They hadn't locked the outside doors oh, to the yeah. station. Mm-hmm. And a guy literally came in while he was yep. on the air yep. and stabbed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yep. it wasn't because he said anything about him. I mean, this is a guy that had, I think he watched the movie Play Misty for me or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and had this kooky yeah, idea similar stuff happen yeah and so the guy he's like he's on there said hey uh well i said what'd you do he said i opened my mic i said um i'm gonna go to the hospital now because i just got stabbed <laughs> and then he left wow so now if it was you john it would probably been well <clears throat> i got an hour and a half left so i'm gonna push real hard because i got a stab wound and i've got to where's the duct gotta tape get through yeah. the rest of this show right <laughs> I do keep boots, casts, braces, and all of that. Um, and in fact, people will call me up. You still got a boot for your left foot? I'm like, yeah, I got one. Hey, come on out. What'd you do? Slipped on the ice. Okay. So. so we didn't have a chance to go into much about what's happening societally, except that we know that things have definitely shifted, you know, uh, 
people's ideas about reality have shifted dramatically. People's priorities have shifted. What, John, you've, you've seen this, working in the media, working in radio and, and doing some of the things that you've done, in one sense, you have kind of a bird's eye view of popular culture. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your biggest concerns about you know, what, what we've, what, where we've been going lately and where we're headed? I'm still old school. Um, my grandfather was pretty much the guy that brought me up as far as a, a, a male figure in my household. Um, he was old school, didn't swear, didn't drink, didn't, I mean, nice. the only thing, the worst thing he did was a little bit of snuff up the nostril once in a while. Um, and I remember what it was like. You know, you remember the bad, the so-called bad times in the 70s where, you know, the gas stations were closing down and there was, you know, fuel embargoes. Jimmy and blah, Carter blah, blah, blah. days. Right, yeah. the Jimmy Carter days. Um, you know, you think you've been through the bad and the good. Right now, me, uh, I'm, I'm pushing 60. I've never seen it like this. I've never felt like this. I'm scared to death of what our country is is heading towards. I can't believe how our politics have changed when it used to be. Uh, if you had two guys running for president, the one guy would, during a debate would say, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is what we want to do. And with your, we can do this. Now it's like, well, did you hear what that guy did back in 1977? And it, it's, it's not the same anymore. It's like, how many times as a Republican, I'm going to say it as a voting Republican, yeah. Have I been disappointed and said, shucks, maybe in four years, we'll, we'll get it this time. And you leave it at that. We're still right. a team. Yeah. You know, it's like you have a hockey team and, and you're hoping your buddy gets voted on as captain, but he doesn't. Doesn't mean the game, doesn't mean the team's done. It doesn't mean the game's over. Right. We have to work together and it doesn't matter. The other side, whatever we come up with, it's a bad idea. I mean, yeah. it, it, and it. Until we start figuring out how to work together again, it scares the bejesus out of me. Uh, my wife is now a dual citizen of Europe, and we are really, really thinking hard about moving overseas. So uh, just just because I, I, I don't want to live my last years hating where I live, you know, and, and it's starting to get to that point. I'm so fed up with Minnesota right now. If it wasn't for the hunting and fishing, I'd probably be on this side of the river. Mm, uh, right. I'm just getting fed up with it. They need to, you know, make it two states, something. But um, yeah, I'm afraid. Uh, kids aren't the same. Nobody's the same. Everybody's got different ethics now. Uh, nobody's got the same morals as we did. Um, I, I think we're lucky. His age, uh, my son's age, um, good, good, good kids. Uh, you know, and I still call them kids. But these were. I always used to judge how nice was my son by whenever he was at a sleepover, when the parents would call you. And tell you, or you'd run into him and say how great your kid is, you know, yeah. Th- you know, uh, with the with the the just everything, um, how you act, you know, are, are are you a nice kid? And and you hear it from the other kids and or from the other kids' parents, but um, I don't think we see that as much anymore. No, uh, and and they'll say we don't make kids like we used to, but I blame it on the parents. It's it all starts at home. It all starts at home. People are getting lazy. People are getting dumb. Um, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with giving your kid a spanking. I don't care what anybody says. You don't spank them to hurt them. You spank them to educate them. You don't, you don't try to hurt them. Spanking never hurt anybody. Yeah. So doesn't cause injury. No, it, it, it's uh yeah, it's, uh, the board of knowledge applied to the seat of education. There right? you go. So, um, and, and, and right. What happens at home is important, but you know, John, I've, I've talked to so many parents who were good parents and they protected their kids and they educated their kids and they loved their kids and they they provided great experiences for their kids but now they're growing up 
and and it's just been since the inception of the internet that and these things mm-hmm. these things right here that uh, there's a whole new thing about teenagers and young people in their in their twenties deciding that their parents were horrible. Oh yeah, and yep. and hating their parents. In fact, it's so pervasive in in today's culture. This didn't come from the parents. I assure you, mm-hmm. the parents did not train their kids. Right, right. Once you're a, once you're 21, you got to despise me as your father, yeah, right, or yeah. as your mother, right. That didn't happen from them. It's a cultural phenomenon. I think it's also a spiritual phenomenon. But it's so pervasive, John, that are you familiar with Dennis Prager? Do you know Dennis Prager? I, Prager, Prager yep. University? Yep. He did a whole video on on the number of, of people in their t- early 20s who are going off, they're leaving the family and literally cutting off all communication with their parents. It, it, it's, it's epidemic. Uh, and he said it is the most hurtful, cruel thing that a child can do is to just cut off all ties with their parents. Uh, so the parents don't get to see them anymore. They don't get to see the grandkids. So the question has to be asked, why is this, why is this happening? What, what's causing that? The parents aren't teaching the kids that. What's doing it? There, yeah. there, in other words, there are other forces at work that are dividing the mm-hmm. family and tearing the family apart. And I know families who... You know, strong Christian families, good, solid, moral upbringing, and the kids are going off the deep end. There is a, uh, I believe that there is such an attack on kids today and on young, uh, young adults to turn their morals and their values and the values that they were taught by their parents upside down. And, and, and I think that no parent can do it by themselves because it's just too big. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's every, you get one of these things, you get access to a computer that's got internet access or social media or ki- other friends that are on those platforms, and it's going to filter in, and it's going to affect the, the kids. Um, I think I've said this before. I'll just make this point quickly uh, before we close. I, I know a, a couple who had five kids. Mm-hmm. They're, they're farmers. They live way out in center north dakota um they didn't let their oldest boys have any cell phones at all Mm -hmm. Uh, no internet access maybe maybe once or twice a year to do research on a paper that they were writing um and they are the most and then now they're 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 adults they're in their young uh, you know mid-20s they're married the most polite respectful hard-working happy Mm -hmm. Uh, 20-something-year-olds that you could ever meet. And, and all their parents did was restrict them from getting a hold of this. Yeah, it's, but, but it's so difficult. And as a parent, it's so difficult for me to keep these things away from my kids. And I regret it now. I wish that... Uh, that's my advice to parents. Yeah. Don't let your kids have access to the internet and don't give them cell phones. Well, it's a, kind of a funny thought, you know, if you think of like the Amish community or something. Yes. Right now, I mean, you know, any teenager can go on YouTube... And learn how to, you know, build a house or build a shed or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they can get all the research for it until they have to pound a nail. Yeah. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. yeah that's it. And, the, and, the, and yeah, look at the Amish communities, right? Sure. What's happening with their youth? 
they're the, they're still they're yep. still normal. Yep, right? uh, I see them every year where we hunt. They yeah. still respect their their yep. parents. They respect the elders in their community. Yep. That used to be America. Yeah, I saw a kid walking down, an Amish kid about 15 years old, walking down a gravel road in the middle of nowhere. He was heading to an abandoned farmstead that still had a barn with some hogs in it. And I know that was the only place he could be going to. He waved and was smiling at us like it was the greatest day in the, in the world. Because he was walking to this hog barn in the middle of nowhere, but he was happy. And was you could happy. see he was happy. And, 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 and John, I've had... One of the things, you know, one of the businesses that we have is is, is Midwest Duplication Services, and people bring us videotapes and and uh, audio tapes and old eight millimeter movies, and we digitize them. Mm-hmm. And I get to see what kids were like yeah. in the fifties and sixties, sure, and the stuff that they did, and the joy on their faces, just running around outside, mm-hmm. just chasing each other, riding a tricycle, riding a bicycle, um, you know, throwing a ball. Uh, watching them interact with their dad, you know, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing that that stands out to me more than anything. I see these families doing stuff together. They could be having a picnic. I mean, what they're they've spread out food on a picnic table out under some trees. Here's the thing that 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 like every time, everyone is smiling. Yeah, yeah. They're smiling. They're laughing. You see, you know. One of the cousins coming up and doing something to their aunt or their uncle, you know, playing little tricks on them and just, but they're having fun and they've got none of this garbage going yeah. on, right? That's not there. It's, so it's a different world. Finally, what are your, what, what are you most hopeful for, for 2024? Um, You've got a lot of problems. What, what are the positive signs that you see? Uh, for 2024? Yes. Let's go Trump. Let's go How's Trump. that? I even got a pair of socks for Christmas that said, let's go Trump. <laughs> um, Sounds good to me. Um, I was well, going to say, we could we could do, we almost have to have another part of this, but not one single person texted or called in, so I must not be very exciting. Oh, no, I got, I got, a, got <laughs> oh, a couple. Of, okay. Um, well, got a question, John. What makes you think life would be better in Europe? I've never thought it was a conservative over there. And I was going to ask the same exact yeah, question. Yeah, it, it all Maybe depends on where you're at, um, the, the places I'm looking. Basically, what it boils down to is there's none of this. What's going on right now here? Uh, yeah, there are some places in Europe that are bad, uh, but there are places in Europe where you can just disappear and not have to deal with any of this stuff. Uh, I've been all over there now. Uh, there's some places that I think are pretty darn cool, uh, but it's just not. It, 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 some of the things you hear here that are pounded into your brain every single day, it, it just gets old. It starts to beat you down a little bit. Um, the places I've been to over there, it wasn't like that. Everybody's just so laid back in the places that I'm thinking about. I'm not going to start naming countries or anything, but um, yeah, it, it all depends on where you go. You know, it's just like, it's like the United States too. I mean, you could go live in Oregon or you could live in North Dakota. Big difference between the two states and how they think. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, and I'll say, I mean, I, I traveled fairly extensively uh, uh, through Europe uh, in the '80s, but um, and America was different then. It was America. Mm-hmm. And I was so, and I loved it. I mean, I loved, I, I took the URL. I had a URL pass. I mean, I, oh, sure. I went yep. anywhere I wanted, uh, spent some time on some of the Greek, one of the Greek islands and, uh, but um, got attached to a movie crew for a short time. This film, filming in Florence. But when I got back to the U.S., I thought, now I know why people kiss the ground when they come back to the United States. No, see, I liked it. Because it's so, because the freedoms that we have here. Now, that was in the 80s, Mm -hmm. right? It's, America's different now. I would, I would, 
I would put this out for your consideration. There's a reason that the evil globalist forces are hell-bent on destroying America and not those pockets of Europe sure. that we find so enjoyable right now. There's a reason that they are absolutely fixated on destroying America and, it's, and, and not those other places. And you know why I think it is? I think those other places don't pose any kind of a threat to them whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. And America does. Mm -hmm. Sure. And once they get rid of America, if they can destroy our country, then those other places in Europe that are so nice right now, they're going to become like France during World War II when the Nazis <clears throat> rolled in and just took over. Yeah, it's funny how France doesn't like us. If it wasn't for us, they'd be speaking German they right sure now. They sure would be. So. You better believe it. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. This was kind of weird. I liked it. Thank you. Uh, we, we made it up to about my 25th year, I think, but um, <laughs> there's a lot to say. And, and I did want to say... Um, uh, Murray Stewart, congratulations, Murray. Uh, she didn't. I, I didn't see anything. I believe um, she's Should she deserves a congratulations? Oh, so oh, okay, yeah. Good. If I remember right, I don't know. Yeah, 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 pretty yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. New, new so. person in the family. So there you go. Um, David Waterman, thank you for coming in today. Uh, we're like a minute, hour, 20 minutes into this thing already. So, yeah. um, and thank you all the people that uh, are really interested in finding out about uh, things that have happened to me. Um, if you ever want to buy me a beer, I like to hang around at certain places, like across the hall here, uh, Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. <laughs> and I'll talk to you all you want about it. But uh, tell you what, Rumor Sports Bar and Casino, they have been with us since day one here in Grand Fork best source the very first one to ever advertise with us i love the place wall-to-wall -wall tvs you know this past weekend you could have went and watched the wild lose the vikings lose and the und fighting hawks all lose in the same weekend you could have went and watched it at rumors on one of their 900 tvs in there uh, they got buses to und sports and all the big concerts uh, great lunch and dinner specials you see people going in there for lunch all the time they've got that seven dollar express lunch today it's boneless wings uh, go in there and check it out rumors sports bar and casino right here in the Grand Cities Mall. We absolutely love the place. By the way, tomorrow, Grand Forks Mayor Brad Bocheski joins us with thoughts of 2023 and things to look forward to in 2024. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait. Hey, Happy New Year's, everybody, and have a great day. Remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show that way, all right? Your phone dings every time we're going to go on the air. You know, the Grand Cities, they are grand. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.